This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hello everyone, uh, Paul Cochran here, Making Finances Easier. Um, you can check us out at makingfinanceseasier.com or you can call us if you have any questions about what we discussed today, 865-770-5031. Um, I am the president and founder of Providence Advisors Group. We're a multidisciplinary financial firm here in Knoxville. and. And I'm here with this morning with Garrett Crawford, my partner in crime. Hey, Garrett. Hey, good morning, Paul. Happy 2023. Hard to believe, isn't it? It's a, it's a new year. Well, one of the kind of sweeping uh, omnibus packages that we heard about a lot there at the end of the year, uh, what would we say, 4,155 pages in this big bill that uh, I would wager to guess that... Uh, Probably none of the legislators that vote on it read the whole thing. Uh, uh, fully 10% of that thing was what we call Secure Act 2.0. And so all of our clients are, well, let me put it this way, uh, uh, not all of our listeners will be affected by everything, but every listener will be affected by something in this Secure Act 2.0. And so rather than... Uh, go through all of it, which would be just impossible in this in this one sitting. They might tune over to rock and roll instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what we thought we'd do maybe over this first quarter is we'll just touch on a few of the key areas that we see affecting the most people. So uh, give us like a, a brief overview there, Garrett. Yeah, well, uh, to kind of banner a little bit, I know one of the guys I follow that helps me kind of parse through these legislation things that when it was coming out for the drafts of the omnibus bill, he said, you know, I was hoping to get this printed on one ream of paper and a ream, I think is like one of those, you know, you go to uh, Kinko's or something and get some printer paper. But he said it ended up taking him eight of those uh, packs of paper in order to print out the bill. And I saw some of these pictures, guys, uh, rolling around the omnibus uh, bill on like push carts that you'd see in an office. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I've seen some of those legislations and like the margins go all the way to the middle of the paper. I think they get like one paragraph uh, on it. But anyway, uh, as Paul mentioned, uh, 400, about 400 pages of that 4,000 was dedicated to something they're calling the Secure Act 2.0. And uh, I'll talk about it maybe a little bit later uh, in the show, but this is riding on the tails of the Secure Act uh, 1.0 that got passed all the way back in 2019. And uh, really one of the biggest changes that came from the Secure Act 1.0 was something we called the death of the stretch IRA, which I'll, uh, which I'll bring up again. But this Secure Act 2.0 uh, made a lot of changes and, you know, I'd probably call them improvements in a multitude of areas of retirement planning uh, that, that we really do 
interact with on a daily basis, but some of them are, you know, kind of esoteric and nuanced that, uh, you know, there's one rule that uh, affects only firemen. <laughs> and so uh, it's, it's a very narrow niche of people that are going to be improved by the change that happened there. Uh, but what I thought, well, actually, what I was thinking is that maybe over uh, a couple episodes in the future, I could, I could dive into some of these bigger areas. Like uh, one would be that we won't talk about today or there's going to be new post-death distribution options for people that inherit an IRA from a spouse. And uh, if those rules weren't already complicated enough, uh, they've gotten even more complicated. So for anybody that's out there that's married and you have an IRA and you expect to outlive your spouse, they're going to they're going to be new distribution methods available to you that you'll want to pick the right one to pay the least amount of taxes based on your given situation. I thought maybe even next week's show we could go through uh, and maybe talk about some of that. But uh, to do that and talk through these new RMD rules, which is what I want to uh, kind of discuss today, um, that that would be a lot in a yeah. in a half a show. Yeah, I agree. And and you know one of the the things that that I've seen is as I've begun to dig into these is some of them uh, for even 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds will affect them, but more in the way that they might plan and invest. Um, and so uh, some of these changes are real-world changes uh, that, that were like today, for example, we're going to zero in on the required minimum distribution changes. And so if you're 40 years old, um, well, gosh, that doesn't affect me. Well, I, I pump the brakes there. It, it very well could. And um, so so let's start first. You know, one of the changes you, you alluded to there a minute ago in that 2019 SECURE Act was the change of the RMD age from 70 and a half to 72. And now uh, that's changed again. So explain that to us. Yeah. Um, and I think the theme of the SECURE Act 2.0 is making things more complicated, uh, which, you know, is great for what we do, Paul. We get to help people (laughs) navigate that, but it's funny how it works. Yeah, let let me just uh, go go on just a temporary rant here that really gets me. And we talk a lot about our legislators doing their job. And one of the frustrating things is, um, you know, there. Well, there's, there's so many frustrating things. One is is calling uh, a bill, you know, the the uh, love on puppies bill, you know, and, and so you're going to vote against the love on puppies bill. How could you do that? Don't you love puppies? You know, but it's but somebody might vote against it because there's a whole bunch of things in there that just simply don't apply and they just don't think are, are wise investments. So that that'd be one key thing. Yeah. What, what were you going to say? Uh, there's there's another part of the bill that's taking a lot of heat. There's something out there again we won't talk about it today but it's called the simple ira and they they multiplied the rules for the simple ira (laughs) to where uh, it's like anything but simple ira uh but it they took a lot of heat for uh complicating the rules of the the simple ira but but the other the other part that gets me is um is a lot of times their their inaction um, and not doing their job. I think it showed up a lot in this most recent case uh, uh, down at the border about um, that, that Rule 42 that they were talking about. And I really uh, sided with uh, Gorsuch's, uh, uh, Judge Gorsuch, his dissent, because he was making the point that, listen, we, the, the judges are not here to make law. 
that the the Congress, uh, that the legislators need to be the ones that are making law. So when they do this, they make these sweeping changes, and they it's so big they can't even read it, and it's complicated. That that that's really frustrating. But it's kind of job security for you and I. Yeah, so uh, if you're driving around town listening to our show today, strap on your seatbelt, buckle in, and uh, here we go with the SECURE Act 2.0 and how it's going to affect uh, your RMDs. And so uh, let's start with this. If you're if you're already taking RMDs, uh, this really doesn't apply to you uh, for your IRA required minimum distributions. The changes that they made are for people uh, that are going to be upcoming uh, in the future taking required minimum distributions from their IRA. And so uh, I think that probably the best way to do this is by birth year. And so uh, if you were born before 1951, which I think is going to be people that are already on uh, required mi- minimum distribution schedules, uh, there is no impact of the SECURE Act 2.0. So anybody that was born before 1951. For anybody born between 1951 and 1959, your RMD age has been pushed back to 73. So that is a change. Uh, you might have been thinking this year in 2023 you were going to start your first RMD, but the Secure Act. Uh, this is important. Anybody that was going to be uh, starting RMDs this year in 2023 is not going to have to take a required minimum distribution. Uh, don't get that confused with like inherited IRAs and those types of things. But for your own IRA, no retirement account owner will start. RMDs this year in 2023. So, uh, okay, so all you, just to repeat and say it a different way, all you uh, rising 72 year olds that were going to turn 72 in 2023, uh, when you were planning to take a required minimum distribution, you need to retool. Yeah, uh, and we would say work with your financial planner to kind of see how that impacts your plan. But anybody, this is the third and final one, anybody born 1960 or afterward, your RMD age has been pushed back to age 75. So between 51 and 59 is 73. If you were born 1960 or later, your RMD age has been pushed back to 75. Now, one of the things we talked about uh, before the show was, um, you know, that that the legislators really, as it gets down to it, they're less and less concerned about the RMD uh, based on what happened in Secure Act 1.0. Can kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so. I mentioned at the start, uh, one of the most impactful changes from the first SECURE Act that was in December of 2019 was the death of the stretch IRA. And so the way things used to work, um, and it was more important based on these RMD ages that we're talking about, was that uh, let's say you're a husband and wife, uh, you've got kids, let's say you just have one kid, and uh, you you die, your IRA would pass on to your spouse. Uh, pretty simple. But then when your spouse died, assuming that your, your, your child was a 100% beneficiary, they would inherit those IRA funds, and they would be required to take an RMD each year, but it was based on their life expectancy. So if a uh, if a child was, you know, 55 or 60 when when their parents died, uh, 
I don't I don't have the table memorized, but it might be like one thirty fifth of the account would have to be distributed from the account that year as a real small amount that they could take out the rest of their life. So the IRS wasn't coming to them and saying you have to distribute that IRA in big chunks. Uh, but with Secure Act one point But with Secure Act one point that all changed. And they said, you can't do a stretch IRA over your whole lifetime. You have to distribute that IRA you inherit from mom or dad within 10 years. So let's say you inherited a $300,000 IRA from mom or dad. all that money would have to be out of the account by the 10th year, which is ordinary income. For somebody that's still working in their 50s or 60s, that's usually their peak income years. And in that 10 year frame, you may be getting a you know, 20, 30, $40,000 uh, RMD that adds on to your employment income at work and it can cause increased taxes. So as long as if the federal government knows that the funds are going to be paid out in 10 years, they're not near as concerned about a required minimum distribution. Yeah, and so I that was with with some of the reading that I've done and the people that I've listened to, that was kind of my takeaway is that you're seeing these RMD ages increase, increase, increase because the government is going to get a slice of that pie. Uh, sooner <laughs> rather than later. Right. Uh, if, if your kids get it, uh, you know, if you're 75 and you live to 85 or 90, your kids are going to inherit. And within 10 years, you know, that whole IRA account is going to have to be distributed and the federal taxes are going to have to be paid to the IRS, which is back in the governmental budget. <laughs> so, let, so let me just mention, if you have a disproportionate amount of, of IRA funds and you have to take a required minimum distribution, but it's like, you know, I really don't need this. It really does present several planning opportunities. And if you'd like to find out more about those, we're at 865-770-5031, or you can look us up at makingfinanceseasier.com, and we can talk to you about, well, what could I do uh, so I don't have to pass this on to the kids and have it all paid out in 10 years? What are some ways that I can maximize these funds uh, you know, for the next generation or even in my lifetime uh, to avoid those painful taxes. And so I, I want to switch gears here. We're still in the same theme of RMDs, but just going from experience of people that we talk to, friends, family, neighbors, uh, most people don't have a positive <laughs> reaction when you say required minimum distributions when we talk to our clients. It's not like, oh, yay. The IRS or the government is making me take money out of my IRA. And so, uh, you know, for some people, RMDs aren't an issue because they have to take X amount of dollars out of their IRA to live on. And it usually, or not usually, but it, it can be more than the required minimum distribution. So they can go the rest of their retirement and never have to worry about an RMD because they're taking more than the RMD out for living expenses. But there's another group of people that don't need their IRAs for income. And the idea of having to take out an RMD is just not appealing. In fact, in 2020, if anybody remembers, if you had an IRA, uh, due to the CARES Act coronavirus issue that was going on, Congress actually came out and said, uh, you don't have to take an RMD this year. And the market was down at that time, so people were... uh, you know, by and large, when we'd interact with them, they'd say, if they weren't living on their IRAs for income, they'd say, okay, well, let's not take an RMD. We don't want to take money out of something that's growing tax deferred. 
And so we had a lot of clients that elected not to take their RMD that year because they didn't have to. Right. So what we have to be careful of, uh, and this is something that, you know, Paul and I traffic in every single day, uh, that required minimum distributions are, you know, kind of no fun. The IRS says you have to take it out. But if we keep deferring RMDs later and later and later into our life, that means your RMDs are going to be higher and you're likely going to have to take out more IRA income over a shorter amount of years, which can kind of cause this... uh, I've heard some people call it a tax bomb, a tax crunch, uh, but you end up delaying taking money out of your IRA for so many years that in your latter years, you go up into a higher income bracket because your RMDs are bigger because the account has grown and maybe you were in the 24% and then you jump up to the 32% because you delayed those RMDs. And so not having to take a required minimum distribution for those of you listening that were born in 1960 or later, you say, wow, yeah, 75, that's better. I don't have to touch that money. I can let it grow. We would probably argue and you know we're still reading this legislation and getting familiar with the planning tactics but i think i think and i kind of believe uh one of the the big action points from the secure act 2.0 is it it causes an increased need for advanced financial planning not necessarily advanced like uh level 100 financial planning but in advance doing financial planning to minimize those taxes later on in retirement. So even though... So proactive planning before the fray so that you can... In fact, hold that thought just for a second because this is another one of those areas where I see it again and again. I've met so many people through the years and they'll come and say, you know, I'm not sure what's going on in that account. I haven't touched it in 20 years. I don't know what's going on there. I really, I, I, you know, so what methodology did you use to set it up? Well, you know, I didn't. They just said, you know, put it in there and I've done it. I, um, I can almost say this with uh, being very definitive, and that is if you have had that approach of ignoring um, your you know, your financial situation, like your investments, for example, uh, I can almost guarantee that you're, you're leaving some money on the table that some tweaks would, uh, would be very profitable or in your favor, uh, generally speaking. Go ahead, Garrett. Yeah. So, uh, the the idea here is that if even though you may not be required to take an RMD until seventy five, Social Security maybe uh, you know uh, quite a few of our clients have waited until age seventy, but there's this window. Let's say people retire at sixty five. They delay Social Security until 70, and then they don't want to touch those IRAs until they have to, which used to be 72 or 70 and a half right after they started Social Security, but now has delayed all the way to 75. There's a lot of years between your average retirement at 65 and 75, a whole decade of fluctuating income where... uh, the the big takeaway, you know, Paul said, "Hey, call our number if you, you'd like some some help. We're glad to do it." Eight six five seven seven zero five zero three one, or you can go to our website, making finances easier. But one of those conversations, it's going to come around the Roth, and the Roth is converting income from an IRA now 
so that you pay the taxes now, maybe while tax brackets are lower with the Trump tax cuts back in 2017, 2018. But we try to get that money out of a tax deferred account so that it's growing tax-free. And then there's still that 10-year rule with the inherited IRA down the road with the kid. But if they inherit a Roth, what that means is that they don't have to take, well, it won't count as taxable income. So if you've got a decade between retirement and when RMDs kick in, we, we got to get, you know, we, we've been high on Roths at, at least ever since I've gotten here in 2013. Uh, but I think we're going to get get even higher on Roths yep, yep. Uh, over the next decade because it allows us, uh, I was thinking about this this morning, it allows us to stay in control. Exactly. I converted all my IRA to Roth for that reason. And so, uh, you know, you th- there, there's good reasons to, to leave some money into an IRA. And uh, one of those, you know, I talked about Roth conversions. This is a side topic, but QCDs are a big uh, component of a retirement planning strategy, and QCDs are still allowed. They're kind of hard-coded into the law that say you can do that at 70 and a half. So even though RMD ages may have raised to 75, you can still do qualified charitable distributions at an earlier age, 70 and a half. But what we want to do, I think, is come alongside our clients, help them anticipate. Uh, You know, we don't have a crystal ball, Paul. We can't tell what's going to happen this year or next year or what law changes are coming 10 years from now. Uh, But we can take an educated guess uh, over the next 10-year time frame with our clients to – stay in control of their uh, of their tax liability through those years and making smart uh, Roth conversions, smart Roth contributions, uh, so that we don't end up at 75 and 80 jumping into a next tax bracket just because we wanted to delay paying taxes. And so we want to, I've heard Paul say a lot, we, we want to pay our fair share of taxes, but not a dime more than, than we have to. And uh, so advanced planning with the new Secure Act 2.0, I think the biggest one from our world is going to be a uh, you know a 10-year period between people retiring and starting those RMDs and making sure we don't cause a tax bomb by delaying those RMDs too long. And so that's going to be a, little, a fly in the face a little bit of somebody whose parents you know waited until they had to at age 70 and a half. Uh, so I guess I would just encourage people that are out there listening that uh, things are always changing. Uh, Congress changes things. And I, I did hear uh, one one quip from somebody, and they said, you know, you're going to have people all the time say, well, can't Congress change that? Can't Congress change that? And the answer is usually always yes. Don't trust Congress to act in your best interest. But when it comes to Roth IRAs and paying that tax now to get the tax-free growth over time, Congress really likes that one because it brings in revenues today. They're more concerned about today than 10 years from now. And so uh, for them, you're seeing all these Rothification strategies because they want income coming in now. but but they would I, th- I think the Roth is going to be something we continue to see as they do their kind of accounting uh, budgeting magic. Yeah, the the whole Roth conversion math and everything that goes into that is a constant kind of ongoing. Uh, I mean, with countless clients that we're doing that with, and so 
Um, if you'd like some help in thinking that through, 865-770-5031, makingfinanceseasier.com. been another episode. Good to be with you, Garrett. And we'll talk to you in a week. Here you go. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for information purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.